What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. And I'm here punching my microphone. It's hard to, you know, Lotus, I'm here with Lotus. Lotus. Hey, Lotus. I punched hey, my microphone while we were setting up. This is the problem with microphones is that you try to gesticulate a little bit while you're talking yep. and then you end up just getting in a fist fight with your microphone. Right. And you get the mic arm angled so that it's at you. This is some deep podcasting lore. <laughs> yeah. These are, these are the first world problems that we have in uh, the world of podcasting. But welcome back, everybody. Glad you guys are here. Uh, sorry, we had a little bit of uh, the snafu getting the stream up today. For some reason, restream's not working. So we're only on Twitch day. We're not on the YouTube channels. Um, but we're back. We're ready to talk about darkness. Darkness, my old friend. Namira, how do you feel about darkness, Lotus? So Namira herself or itself, whatever you want to refer to, namira as um it's it's interesting because namira has a lot of ties to different things in the series oftentimes whether or not i think a lot of people realize it well that's i guess that's the nature of things being in the dark right exactly that you don't so, always see them right so namira it kind of is involved with a lot of different things those things also being kind of cool and bringing in the creepy vibe a little bit but it's funny because when i think of daedric princes i never have namira really up the list of super noticeable or notable ones and it's almost like that could work as part of namira's sphere in and of itself so it's kind of interesting that being obscure also makes namira more prominent because that's what she's doing so it's kind of it's it's a neat twist of being hidden but at the same time that being what she wants to be yeah yeah also if there was a hot topic in tamriel there'd be a namira section <laughs> absolutely yeah so uh, i guess maybe that's why she's not as noticeable as that they don't have hot topic so there is that as well. But yeah, like, like the very nature of darkness, of being, I mean, she is like, there are some other Daedric princes that are kind of gothy, right? Like, yeah, we've got, we've got some others, but she is like darkness itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. it <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And Namira, as we'll get into, Namira is really good at it's kind of funny in the the games themselves Namira provides you oftentimes a lot more help than you would think but you have to go looking for it um 
Um, and the other thing is actually Rob, the princess already brought up that we'll get into like one of the stories for Namira is so, so good. So it, it, it's really, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Namira is almost like the unheralded, like super noticeable da- or notable Daedric Prince. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also ties to Lorcan and oh, yeah. uh, Padmaic sides of influence and all of that stuff so um but here let's let's get into it of course namira is known more than just by one name so we have the lady of decay the spirit daedra and the goddess of the dark and there's i'm sure there's been other things that she's been called um but she's typically associated with shadowy things and spirits and slugs and spiders and things that live in the dark and bats and all of that kind of stuff um but for the most part, like you said before, she's kind of uh, she feels like a lesser player, which is ironic because in some of the lore. So, for example, among the Khajiits, she's known as an Ur Daedra, um, which is another title. Nocturnal has used that title before. Um, Hermes Mora yeah. is an Ur Daedra or she's Correct. an Ur or they call Hermes Mora an Ur Daedra. That Ur title means that like oldest, most powerful, right. original progenitor like. Yeah. Right. So the idea that like some of these Daedric princes might be a little bit more primordial than others. Yeah. yeah it, it's interesting to think of beings outside of the constraints of time having like an age discrimination between them, which is kind of just weird because yeah. it's like, well, yeah. this one, this, this immortal being is older than this immortal being. And it's like, Ah, my head. <laughs> right. But maybe some of them, um, uh, like, and this goes back to debates and, and conversations we've had in the past. Uh, like, maybe there are so many slots to hold among sure. the, like, pantheon of gods. It's it's like they hold a place, and those slots get filled by different individuals who mantle those those right. slots. So somebody like Hercene might actually be a more recent Daedric prince than somebody Which like... Which oftentimes, Hercene kind of is got the the note that it seems like here scene is a little more of one of the newer daedric princes for lack of a better word um whereas like like we were just saying with some of the Ur daedra they're they've been like back just making a note to hermaeus mora for example where it's like that that quote that or that that comment on uh him from uh, Michael Kirkbride on the forums where it's like Hermes Moore is made of these scraps of the different Kalpas. So it's like, well, he's spanning through these Kalpas and stuff like that. Uh, whereas, you know, we, there there's a reference with Molag Ball type of thing we had talked about. We didn't really get into the fact that he was around in the time of like the because it's very 36 lessons so it's a little more related to that than molag ball himself the story but when the dreg kings ruled the earth Mm -hmm. and it was you know relating that to molag ball it's like so these have been around through calpis maybe not all of them have like right right that's just it maybe some have kind of jumped on and jumped off as 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 it were or had had become, uh, been very powerful individuals or uh, and have fallen or ri- right to prominence well that's that's what i'm thinking like is like that. in more recent yep. kelpas maybe an individual like a hercene came to power and mantled some position that was there before him you know something like that and maybe hercene's not the best <laughs> example of that but there are like talos for example would be a great example of that oh yeah talos wasn't part of assuming 
that this kalpa hasn't repeated itself wasn't a part of a previous kalpa now that we're like we have mirror kalpas or something new day to prints on the block yeah right but like that the idea that like talos mantled a position and is now held among the gods is is kind of a recent thing in this historical age of you know like this well these ages of the world this kalpa but who's to say that somebody else didn't do something like that previously um exactly and that and heck even the, the tribunal might have been trying to achieve the same thing that could be that tied into very, it as well it's very possible we don't really know what the long play was with all of that other than the immediate grasp for power but then when you look deeper into you know some of the workings of sothasil and stuff it's like it seems like there's more to this than just gimme, gimme, gimme. Like, yeah, yeah. Sothasil was trying to understand the whole cogwork of the universe. I mean, right. that's like if you can understand that and replicate it and take it apart and put it back together, then maybe you can understand how to, you know, mantle a spot in the infinite, you know, future of everything. Um, but anyway, we're kind of getting off off topic here. Why don't we, let's get back to Namira. Namira is is interesting. Um, of course, there's lots of different cultures and different ways that she shows up in history. The thing that I wanted to point out, and this ties back to some of the events of ESO over the last few years, some of the conversation that we had over the um, the 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 void. Remember the void? When yes, the, this is yeah. This is going back a bit to uh, Graymore and specifically the Reach expansion, right? Uh, and I, in Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, and I, th I think that Namira's connection to all of this is probably the most interesting thing that we could bring up in this episode about her. I mean, we could talk about, you know, similarities, Mafala and similarity to uh, Nocturnal and, and some of those kinds of things. But I mean, you guys are going to get it. Dark, spooky, Daedra, dark, spooky, Daedra, kind of similar in those ways. <laughs> but what makes Namira specifically different is this connection to this like darkness and nothingness, the void, the Padmaic formative influence on the world. And I think the the explanation here about the way the Reachmen worship her is probably a really good way to explain how that works. And I'm just going to read from the um, from the UESP, our buddies over at the UESP. Um, go check out their website. Uh, this section about the Reachmen is, is very well put together. So I'm just going to I'm going to quote it for it. So it says here, Namira, who is known as a spirit queen, as the spirit queen, the goddess of death and the black fly is a revered spirit in the Reachman pantheon that suppresses no, I'm sorry. Repre represents. Why did I say suppresses? Represents. Uh, I, I was trying to find that in the dialogue. I was like, I oh don't no, think that's right. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, words is hard. I, there we go. It doesn't take long, does it? All right. So, uh, represents darkness, endings, and rebirth. Let me pause there. We've seen in the real world similarities to this. So the first one that comes to mind is the Hindu gods of, of the Hindu gods. There are gods of life and uh, birth and life and death and rebirth and all of that. Uh, Siwa or Shiva, you usually see it spelled as Shiva, is kind of fills that spot for the Hindus. This is very similar. This idea of birth like rebirth the ending and death leading to rebirth and the the god that handles kind of the bottom side of that circle 
if you would consider life and death and rebirth a, a circle. Does that make sense? Yes, so, absolutely. Like, was... Left side would be birth and then the life goes up around the circle and then you get down to the bottom of the circle and then you end up at death and then you come back over to the left side, which is birth again. Right. You decay, you then feed life to grow again and then back and the circle repeats she right. she's the death and decaying bit <laughs> right and, and without her you wouldn't get rebirth so she's a necessary piece even though it seems dark it's still just a natural necessary piece of the cycle of life yeah she's um, the fertilizer of the daedric princess she's the fertilizer <laughs> right right and she's scary because we can't imagine what death is actually like we don't we can't imagine nothingness we can't imagine not being able to think or do or act the idea of non-existence is a very difficult thing to conceive of as a mortal being um so she's kind of that spooky dark side of everything um so it goes on it says she is seen as the sovereign of the infinite world of spirit one of the two worlds of existence and again this is just the reachman's understanding of the world but like so many of these other specific groups do they they kind of shine a little bit of light into the nature of the daedric prince in a way that some of the other pantheons don't so even if this doesn't actually represent all of what reality is actually like it might show us some insight into who she is um it then says the reach folk creation story speaks of lork so lorkon having an epiphany when he visited the darkness that which is perceived as nothingness is ripe for possibility it makes sense lorkon was the one who wanted to create something where there was nothing in order for them to right. have creation right and so lork approached namira and convinced her to grant him a place in the infinite void to create a realm for wayward spirits but it was not without a cost lork sacrificed himself to create a harsh realm one that is unforgiving and intended to teach through suffering this is all an analogy for the creation of nern for the creation of Mundus and Nern and, and Tamriel, all the things that exist within within Mundus and a place for the wayward spirits. That would be mortals, right? Um, yeah. And this idea that like the reason why the world is so terrible and hard is because it, that's it's intended. It's to teach through suffering. Then it goes into where her scene plugs into this. Her scene took the mantle of Lork's creation, becoming the sovereign of the second world, the realm of flesh. Hercene and Namira's roles complement each other. While Reach Folk dwell in the world of the living, Hercene is a guide that helps them navigate Nern's hardships. And this, of course, ties very specifically into the Reachman's relationship with Hercene. Of course, not everybody thinks of Hercene this way. Upon death, Namira acts as a psychopomp. So, the, for example, uh, the person who goes across the river and takes the dead souls to the beyond that kind of thing um for reachman souls that gives and takes lives until their spirits are enlightened thus namira is seen as the avatar of primal dualisms such as beginnings and ends which stem from her world of spirit at the end of all days and that's in quotes like the end of days when everything ends her scene will fight alongside the Reachmen, and Lork's dark heart will beat again, reawakened by feeding on the deaths of mortals, and its darkness will spread from its depths to consume everything, sparing only Namira's faithful. So this idea that like Namira has has to play a part with the whole cycle of time, the way things move through reality with the spirits in order to bring back the beating heart of Lorcan in order to end the world 
is again very reachman but might have some truth to it if namira is some sort of pre-existing spirit that lorcan was connecting with in order to create mundus what do you think lotus this is well, some heavy stuff it is and and it's interesting because when you you think about what we had mentioned with the cycle of life which um you know other than there being a literal cycle to life in reality um in game a lot of things are very on a path it's just like yep you've got this loop that you go in type of thing mm-hmm. and kind of like we had mentioned you can't progress to the next phase of it if you never leave the previous phase of it and she's almost like this weird for lack of a better term which is kind of uh, it's something that i've just always thought was kind of neat if you go to the uesp specifically uh the first image on the page you will see is uh namira the mistress of decay statue Mm -hmm. that is in uh elder scrolls online type of thing and um, that image, I just find very interesting. I don't know if it's designed to specifically be like that, knowing how particular they kind of can be with this series. I think it might be based on something like that. But she essentially comes across as like a pheromon, like the, yes. across, like bringing the next phase coming through. And that picture, which actually, if you're watching the live feed, you brought up on screen, which is very helpful. Yeah. Um, it really makes me think of like when you again it's all artistic interpretation but you get that uh the ferryman with the river sticks in mythology Mm -hmm. i get that feel very very much when it comes to this aspect of namira because it's like it's it's namira bringing people to the next phase now granted maybe they don't want to go to the next phase that's not how this works like so her faithful basically are on board with it whereas other you know i guess if you're opposed to namira for lack of a better word you would sort of be fighting this this change type of thing which we've mentioned that have we screwed stuff up at the end of the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim? We don't know yet. If maybe we did, um, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing: seen. here's the other thing is that there are many different ways that souls can, I guess, there are many different places souls can go when they die, or right. many different paths they can take. Um, in this case, and with many Daedric princes, the souls don't make it back to Aetherius. Yes, so that's very true. So if you're in her good graces so to speak mm-hmm. it seems like you're almost getting your hey okay i got a better chance of actually like progressing on as opposed to just kind of being lost in the shuffle of of things so to speak right so we, i mean we talked about molek ball before and the idea that like molek the spirits that end up in molek ball's realm turn into things like you know ter- terrible terrible things like bone yeah, golems sometimes and abominations abominations and things like that like whatever right yeah. it's it's like he he can't it's like they're all they all have their own nets right and so molek ball casts his net catches some souls and then decides to torment them forever because that makes him happy yeah. um, right <laughs> namira casts her net catches souls but maybe her thing is that she's taking them into the next kelpa She's actually removing souls from this Kelpa. She is the pathway and the the cross platform from one cycle to the next. Right. And and it seems like at least from because another, uh, you know, we're kind of 
referring to the Reachman, but I, I'll actually also want to bring up uh, the, the her relation to Khajiit, which I find really, really awesome. Yeah, there's some well. similarities. In, there there in are her role. some similarities, yeah. and I think I think what, what we're going to relate to is something called Dramothra, which actually we should probably do like a episode on Dramothra, maybe like dive that was into a, it. That was something. That was one of those big monsters that um, Godzilla fought, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dramothra. <laughs> Is that what I was going to say? Is that like <laughs> dumb Mothra? Duh, Mothra. <laughs> duh, duh, Mothra. <laughs> um, so like the Dramothra are another situation where it's just like the the darkness of of life to kind of like cause this decay, destruction to move on to the next phase is something that like, again, it's, it's shown very much with... Um, the Reachmen and the Khajiit specifically, but it's like, is it for a greater purpose other than just causing like there, there's more of a focus, whereas you had just mentioned Molag Ball. Okay. I like dominating. I like being superior, blah, blah, blah. Is there more to this one mm-hmm. than just the decay? Like, is it, is it designed to be decay in order to, move things along and start over again because there there was a situation with Mehrunes Dagon as well where it's not just destruction it's destruction causes rebirth like it's it's another parallel to that idea where one thing causes the next one so there kind of is more to Namira than just gross stuff <laughs> right right and I, I I think the whole destruction thing is a cool thing to point out too because if the decay her sense of the darkness and decay and those things doesn't lead to destruction for the sake of destruction. It leads to rebirth. It leads to fertilizing the next thing. Um, Also this idea of the connection to darkness and the void, a dark room is not a place where things are destroyed. The void is not a place where things go to be obliterated. It's a, it's it is actually a place. It's just empty or it's without light. It is a place that is ripe for holding something. Right. And without kind of jumping too much ahead, um, one of the things that I, I just find interesting is her, her realm is referred to as the scuttling void, um, which, mm-hmm. which going along with this idea of, you know, decay stuff like that and death, um, it really it, the best way I've always thought of it with, with Namira is her realm strikes me as a compost pile, like a legitimate right. like pile right. of compost. Here is things that are deceased food scraps, whatever. I mean, it's more than food scraps when you're dealing with like actual everything from a God's perspective. But I mean, from a Daedric Prince's perspective, people are probably the equivalent of food scraps. Like it's it's really not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So like that stuff is all dumped off into a pile to kind of just let all the little critters break it down. And then as a side effect, you get, I was joking earlier, but I I mean, it was joking, but serious. Like you turn that, waste becomes fertilizer which you use to fertilize crops stuff like that which causes life to start over again that's 
her whole gimmick, so to speak, is kind of like legitimately a compost pile. <laughs> compost pile of the of the universe. Yeah. Uh, my, for, for, we recently yeah, exactly. bought a uh, compost pile and a bunch of worms. My wife's been putting that. She put it back in our garden in the back. And yep. she, we've got now got like over a thousand worms in this, uh, <laughs> this little box that's like stuck in another thing with a bunch of soil and holes in the box. So the worms have places to go like. Uh, so speaking of compost piles, yeah, um, uh, maybe I should call it our, that's our <laughs> scuttling void. This is void. our very own Namira. <laughs> this is our Namira, our, our Namira worship. Maybe I should put like yeah. pictures of Namira up around it and then we call oh. it the scuttling void. Yeah. What you got to do is 3D print that statue and just stick it right in the middle. <laughs> right. Right on top of the lid of the box. And then exactly. when you, it like stays there on the lid. Yeah. Could you bring out the table scraps to the Namira? <laughs> <laughs> Take to the Namira. <laughs> the mirror is hungry for more scraps feed her um all right well i think i think we've covered that concept i think that concept is is very interesting and important um but i think we've pretty much hit on that what we do need to cover now is the uh artifact section but before we do yeah. that why don't we go thank our patrons and we'll be back we'll come and including in that and i'm just going to hint at this right here is now in the since the UES, uesp has been updated since the last time i did this episode on namira is the dark heart the dark heart of skyrim is in there we'll talk about that a little bit i don't know we can we'll get on a whole we did a whole episode about it, yeah. so we don't need to go too long real on deep one. with the void <laughs> right so we'll we'll kind of brush over that and talk about some of the other things don't go anywhere this is hamish morak Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including, and I don't know if we called out Agent Celery last time. I think we might have, but Agent Celery, you are the, you're the most recent patron. Thank you so much for signing up on Patreon. And all 102 of our patrons, thank you so much for your support, including our Daedric Princes, Mr. Gami Boy, Kira, Noodle, Al Dente, and Riverwood Chicken. Thank you to all of you guys and everybody who helps support the show. You help me do this as a full-time thing and I can't tell you how much that I appreciate that. So thank you for your support. If you are interested in helping to support the show, getting whatever you want out of the Patreon, there's lots of different tiers, ad-free episodes, stickers, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff, then go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast and check out all the different tiers. And we're getting close to, remember when we launched the t-shirts for the patrons last year? Lotus, mm -hmm. I think that was in September, which means that I will be designing some new shirts to put up on the Patreon for the second year of people who subscribe at tier four or higher. And those same designs show up as stickers for tier three. So if you are interested in getting in on that, it's coming up also. Uh, and I'm just going to just going to put this out there for right now, because Patreon doesn't have an easy way to extend the the items out a second year what you have to do is you have to close out one year and launch a second year but what that means is if you are a new patron today like before the first year cycle ends in september and you stick around for an entire year you'll actually get t-shirts from the first year and the second year because you got in on it before the end of the first year so you get oh, like yeah uh, double shirts happens, yeah that happens with the uesp as well yeah uh, if you get in on the end of their previous cycle 
you technically qualify for those and then it just rolls into the following one just by the yep. way that numbers and calendars work yeah 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 the new don't uh, t-rex is saying uh she had to change the address don't worry it should it should update as long as you updated your address with your account it should be fine uh but yeah that's the thing is that like if you sign up within the next few months before the first year ends you'll actually get double shirts so that's i mean that's killer deal right there i i wouldn't miss out on that if i were you because man double shirts anyway uh let's move on to the reviews agent celery left us a review as well on apple podcasts it says essential for elder scrolls fans five stars i began playing daggerfall with my parents when i was 11 years old how freaking amazing is that and it is amazing to hear other people who have the same love of Elder Scrolls that I do. My dad is now 72 years old and we still bond over these games. I look forward to the weekly episodes with Tom and Lotus digging into the lore and getting me through my commute. Give this a listen if you are an Elder Scrolls fan. Lotus, did you play Daggerfall with your parents? Because I didn't. So I didn't. And that predates me to the series. Yeah. <laughs> As I jumped on with Morrowind. So that's that's like loctavian levels of uh uh-huh. adoption same thing with it, that that is that I, is a long time fan i remember seeing the daggerfall boxes on the shelves of like the game the video game stores um because i was you know obviously alive at the time um and i'm a little bit older than this person is uh but like i didn't pick it up it wasn't one of the games that i bought because i only bought so many games because i was like a teenager um but man that's awesome that is that is awesome thank you so much agent celery we really appreciate the support greatly appreciate the kind words yeah the ratings and reviews are very helpful if you leave those on apple Podcasts or spotify or any other platform that allows you to do it we really do appreciate it all right let's move on with the rest of the show you're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of Sithis. That is why the Night Mother loves you. Good old Wes. Thanks again to Wes for dropping those uh, those little voice bits in for us. All right. Which one do you want to come? You're the you're the artifact artifact utter artificer. Oh god, artificer. I, did it again. I like that. We'll go with artificer. Words is hard. So. (laughs) Words words is hard. All right. You're the artificer. Which one are we covering first? All right. So the first one I want to actually kick off with is probably the one that most people will know because it's from Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which is still the most popular of all of the games in the series. Oh, which, Um, by the way, can I jump in real quick? We've been trying out Skyrim Together Reborn. We've been playing it on stream. Yes, I'll be joining hopefully soon. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. I put up a video on the Robots Radio YouTube page about what you need to know if you're getting in for the first time and all the things that we figure out works and doesn't work. So go check that out if you want. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so we'll be starting with the Ring of Namira, which is obviously Namira's ring. Um, and yes, it is. I- yes. <laughs> thus the name. Game. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> thus the name. Kind of on the nose. <laughs> so... The ring has been known to, at times, reflect damage back onto the attacker, while at other times being able to increase a person's stamina and restore their health to the wearer. To the wearer. Now, the key to this and the game mechanic to this is it allows you to become a cannibal. This is something that Bethesda loves to do with their games, is this idea of adding in a way that you can eat other people's corpses. Yes. In a nice, squishy tearing things apart uh, kind of way because the animation is hilarious um but yeah so we have 
this ring, which when you wear it in game, you're given another option when you slay an enemy where <laughs> you can loot their bodies. You can use the ridiculous havoc engine to swing them around. Like I tend to like to do, or you get this new option to feed in which you basically, it's very similar to the way it works in fallout for anybody who plays fallout. You basically get on your knees and dive bomb the corpse and just start mashing it into your face. And it gives you your resources back, which is really awesome. You don't carefully, you don't like pick them up and like take a knife out and just cut off, you know, a piece of lean meat, you know, off the abdomen like or something eating ramen with your fist it's just like it's just like <laughs> i haven't eaten in weeks wow, 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 wow. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like that is it is it's awesome uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i actually love this artifact because when you play on higher difficulties it is a great get out of jail free card when you burn through all your food or potions or whatever oh yeah because there's um, no there's no uh, limit to the corpses that you'll come across no and generally if you finished a fight and you're kind of chilling around like waiting have yourself a snack it's great so i mean that's that's just you know that's just efficiency joey in chat uh says my grandma caught me eating people on fallout and took my xbox away (laughs) (laughs) amazing um that's great so so the other uh, (laughs) totally threw me off um the other thing that's super useful uh i don't personally role play myself in game but i know a lot of people enjoy that stuff um if you are a bosmer and follower of the green pack it's also efficiency because you're cleaning up the battlefield i mean you're doing what you're supposed to do exactly double win double win all right so that's the ring of namira yeah, eat yeah your, that's the eat your enemies. Um, right. You can you can find that quest in Markarth, <laughs> and I definitely suggest you do so. So, uh, on a similar note, I don't know if uh, most of you guys listen to the Skyrim with my mom episodes. I, I, I see the download numbers. Most of you guys listen. If you haven't been listening to those more recently, we've been going into some of the dungeons and, of course, fighting the Draugr. And I've been using a lot of magic, so I'm roasting them alive or undead alive with fire. And so a few times now I've asked my mom, what do you think that smells like? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, does this smell like food? Like we're cooking them or does it smell like, like burnt hair and it's just gross. And she's like, probably burnt hair. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's almost certainly burnt hair. Probably. It's, It's not like we're, you know, on a barbecue and we're like, no. we get done with this and we're like, mm, delicious. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, next item. <laughs> so the next item that I actually think we should tackle is the staff of the Everscamp, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, which the staff of the Everscamp is obviously another Daedric artifact. Um, and it's adorned with metallic scamps on the tip of it. Uh, and it's inscribed with Daedric lettering, spelling out the word nonsense. <laughs> Yes. This is kind of interesting because the staff of Everscamp also seems to have very strong potential ties to, because a lot of these have crossover between Daedic Princes. It also has a very Shea Gorath feel to it. Yeah. Especially the, I mean, the fact that it's got scamps on it. Right. This is nonsense. Yeah. Um, But it's a recurring artifact that's often referred to uh, or often associated with Shira Gorath, like I just mentioned, though there is evidence to suggest that Namira has a connection to it as well, which is why it's listed here. The staff was created uh, in Dark Fathom Caves Shrine, which is located in Cyrodiil's Blackwoods. 
Uh, its purpose is to be a hindrance to those being unfortunate enough to wield it. So basically, it's a punishment to get this Daedric artifact, which, again, sounds more Shia Gorathy, but mm-hmm. it summons ever scamps, uh, which, <laughs> like the name suggests, are just scamps whose and presence they is don't permanent. go away. You don't get rid of them. They're, you they're just, just you got scamps now. now you Congratulations! Got, oh, you you've been affected scamps. with scamps. Yep. Time to go to the and doctor. They. <laughs> If you kill them, they immediately rematerialize. So that's great. Um, to anybody who watched my playthrough of um, Elder Scrolls Legend Battle Spire, there was uh, a a scamp that well, there were a lot of scamps. The scamps talk in that game, as everything does, and as well as uh, the bizarre antics of that game for whatever sadistic reason the the game creators made this scamp with the same thing except uh it's just basically the scamp that follows you around it makes lewd gestures at you um and it has uh when i looked up in the code after i beat the game it has ten thousand hit points uh to give you a gauge a daedric lord in that game has like 700 <laughs> uh, so it uh, it was effectively an ever scamp yes yeah. so that's why uh we officially named him on stream ever scamp mclust thirst um, <laughs> thirst <laughs> so oh man that's my um, new um that's my new persona that's my new yeah, so disco that's, that's, 70s that is absolutely playboy canon. persona <laughs> but as a side effect um to to the idea which is when we named him on stream was i slayed the scamp punching it for ten thousand damage over the course of a comical amount of time while just walking around trying to discover i just kept wailing on it <laughs> just eventually, kept punching it as you walk around and eventually it died and You're i like, was come horrified here. <laughs> I right, was like, oh my god i just thought it was programmed to be invincible wow two levels later he respawned with ten thousand hit points all over again so he was he was not so only I'm like it just yeah he was a beefy really boy is. but he was undefeatable he was yeah like, so that's that's um so i assume that the staff of ever scamp um is really that was on honestly it's this daedric artifact that came up with the jokey name that i gave to that scamp of ever scamp mcclusters it was actually <laughs> based on that the fact that this is a daedric artifact that essentially does what that game goofily had as part of it yeah that's awesome that's so that's so funny all right well we've got we've got another one definitely named after namira because uh, yeah so there's the hand of namira which yeah, yeah. Uh, again um this one ties into ESO. This one's part of like a ESO quest line. It, thing. it does. And uh, it's pretty straightforward, much like the ring of Namira, where it's <laughs> less a shared artifact and really just Namira. It's because it's actually uh, the prince's rotting hand. Right. Um, like this might actually be Namira's just, hand, or at least yeah. um, one of my thoughts is sometimes the Daedra princes like manifest themselves in like a yeah. body form. So right. obviously they, they don't actually have hands that are physically part of who they are unless they manifest themselves sure but it would have been one of namir's manifested hands right so <laughs> it might have gotten it's cut a off literal hand this is not metaphorical it is an yeah. actual chunk of namira in theory and it corrupts everything in the general vicinity which is pretty straightforward um the dramora who serve namira are terrified of the relic which is interesting because dramora are not 
prone to being afraid of things. So that's a little weird um, because its energies can actually be turned against them to destroy their physical form, which is as we've talked about uh, at different points, both here and on uh the other show uh, that I do, Tales of Tamriel, where destroying the physical form of Daedra is really, really unpleasant. Um, they may be immortal and reform, but it's basically this horrific agony uh, until they are reformed, like reformed. Um, so it's still not a thing that they go out of their way to do. And having this hand just be able to do that is probably something that actually would strike some degree of fear into them. I mean, if anything, it's just bothersome because they have to just exactly. be and, reborn and, and, and then grow back up into their... Like, right. They, it takes them a little um, while to get back into their regular form again and all of that. Exactly. And basically, under the hand's influence, since everything is just corrupted, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, they stuff goes crazy. Like, le- legitimately, like it, it will just start acting... In, incredibly irrationally uh you know it, you could have like farm animals attacking villagers etc 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 yeah yeah so yeah that's uh that's part of the deep disturbance quest line in eso um yep and i like uh t-rex is pointing out in chat uh, t-rex says oh, wait i don't remember doing this i don't have an actual memory of doing this either i have to wonder if somehow i missed this in game I, I so I, I know you've I done everything. Actually, <laughs> I don't remember this off the top of my head yeah. either. I think uh, it was just kind of a minor is, little quest. I, I think it was yeah, from I, it, um, the probably uh, a side quest. It's just there's so many literal thousands of quests in it's the true. It's true. There's a I lot. Don't remember all of them. There's a lot. This is in Shadowfen, so this might have just been a little side quest in the Shadowfen yeah, zone. Okay. Um, yeah, interesting. All right. Well, last we have to talk about is the void, uh, the dark heart and the right. void connection Which, and all of that. This is kind of new and can help expand uh, a little bit of the void discussion that we were dabbling in before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kick off on yeah. this one? Because I know you love the void bits. I, I, I love I love darkness. Hello, darkness. Um, here, I'm just <laughs> going to read what it says here because that'll kick off the discussion. Um, the dark heart, also known as the frightful heart, is an artifact associated with Namira through some of the cultural interpretations of Lorcan, specifically Lork and Lorkaj. This ties directly to what we were talking about with like the Reachmen and the Khajiit interpretations of Namira. So the fact that this is a physical thing that shows up in the world gives some credence to maybe some of those perspectives. Physically appearing as a sphere of darkness surrounded by a radiant aquamarine corona, it is a piece of primal void trapped on Nern that warps existence around it. According to ancient Khajiit, Namira became a shadowy imitation of Lorcan's heart, while Reach belief holds that the darkness left his heart after his sacrifice for the creation of the realm of flesh. Regardless, Lorcan's real heart was flung towards what is now Vardenfell and created Red Mountain, while the dark heart found its way into the depths of Black Reach and remains under the influence of Namira. So there's still some mystery on this. Like what is the dark heart compared to the real heart? Is it a representation of the void? Is it directly connected to Lorcan and was a piece of Lorcan that ended up landing here just like his heart landed somewhere else. So there's still like, there's some metaphor around this still potentially. 
The Dark Heart offers a pathway into the void, and its power is increased by consuming souls, banishing them to that place between worlds. Those tied to the heart describe hearing intrusive whispers and can feel its pulsing and throbbing, which grows stronger as the heart becomes more powerful. Additionally, the power of the Dark Heart can be drawn from at the risk of being consumed by it. Those trapped in the Dark Heart's power and are overwhelmed undergo horrifying physical side effects. In the case of the Night Hollow Clan, their vampiric appearance was overwritten with Namir's bile, which grayed out their skin and produced a black ichor within their eyes. Lady Belaine, the clan's matriarch, developed void pathosis. That's that. Imagine getting that diagnosis, sorry, diagnosis man, from you your void pathosis. Yeah. Uh, why do I feel so bad? And why are my eyes all inky black? Sorry, you got void pathosis. Altering her vampire lord form with an ink-like texture, which has the potential to hollow a mortal's shell out and leave behind nothing but a husk. What's amazing about this is that it overwrites what seems to be the power of another Daedric lord, vampirism. So. This, I mean, if it's Namira somehow tapping into the void or some sort of connection, it seems like they're actually reaching back into something even more, again, potent and primordial than maybe the Daedric Princes themselves. So, I don't know if we need to go into too much more detail about that right now, because we did kind of talk about this before. It also just leaves a lot of question marks because as far as I as when I was left, you know, as we talked about in the previous episode, when we talked about the void after you finish that quest line, I'm still left with a lot of questions. The void, a place between realms. How is Namira connected to this? Is it actually a piece of Lorcan? All of that stuff seems very, very mysterious. But what we do know is that it is actually a real thing and it is powerful enough to corrupt and overwrite things that the other other danger princes have done so there is that pretty crazy stuff yes the whole void thing definitely gets very strange and um it's it's you know i really actually kind of don't want to go too much into it because honestly it's partly related to this but i had mentioned the khajiit thing mm-hmm. the only thing i should kind of say because i actually would like to do an episode after we finish this we'll have to remember to get back to it kind of the way we did with the void and we just touched on the void here type of thing yeah um i would really like to do the dramathra as a thing but it's a very similar idea um if you just like even if you just look at it cosmetically that they're basically these shadow versions of uh, type of thing. And it's actually one of, I, I'm not too big into the high fantasy personally, um, but some of these, these uh, Joey chaos actually from uh, lost and nerd mentioned in chat, the, the, there there's a die. There's also a skin um, for, for beating the, um, Vadashran Hollows uh, Arena. It's a solo arena in Elder Scrolls Online. And you get Void Pitch, which is like this just, you're, you literally are almost so like pitch black. You're like devoid of color. And you just have these like weird like pulls of color, kind of like that green aura that they mention along parts of you um which is which is super creepy and in a similar way not not exactly the same but but just cosmetically dramathra have like this like devoid of color and then there's just these like lightning bolt style light that break that kind of cracks through it's it's like this overarching theme of like 
pure darkness with little slivers of color going through it's it's really neat just cosmetically i think uh some of the color patterns related to things tied into namira yeah yeah and you know it actually is kind of similar to the way the the dark heart looks it is the idea of it being like the green with blue and right like this black hole but then with like the light kind of poking through it kind of thing right and yeah. and that's that's just it so it's like we can dive deep into that but again it's the the tldr of dramothra this is really condensed just the idea of corruption to the spirits around there uh you'll you'll get the idea of the bent dance is what it's referred to um but the the thing is like i believe it's yifri if i'm not wrong oh actually yes uh so the the great darkness um that comes along after um lorcan's death mm-hmm. or lorcaj because it's it's lorcaj because it's kajidi uh, yeah, yeah. It's so i'll try to um right. it's a corruption of Yifri as well. Like this is, we'll get nice and deep into this later on. Um, but again, it's a very similar idea of corruption of things to turn them to Namira to kind of further this. And it's, it's, it's neat that their unique style also is very, very intertwined with, um, with Namira. Yeah. Yeah. All of this stuff is very, very cool and also very mysterious. So whereas so much of the lore in the Elder Scrolls leaves a certain amount of like, well, what do you think? We don't really know for sure. You know, unreliable narrator. I I feel like like once you once you look enough into the darkness of Namira, you just end up going, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I don't it, really it, know. It's weird, but I feel, I feel like, this is, I don't know if this analogy will quite work as well as it does in my head, but it's one of those things where when you stare into, like, if you're in a dark room for like a long, long time uh-huh. and your eyes adjust so your pupils get wider to obviously allow more light in to see what's going on. And then your transition to <laughs> light of some type. Mm-hmm. it's almost like jarring to you to have to go back into that. I feel like that's a perpetual state of being for people. The deeper they get with Namira, like you, you, it's the idea of like, okay, I, you know, I keep seeing more of this darkness. So it keeps sucking you in and it would almost be physically painful to go back into the light. If you get too deep into Namira's uh, realm sphere whatever you want to call it right right you fall too far into the darkness it's hard to come yeah, back out it's hard to pull yourself back out yeah well i think it's time to wrap up the episode with uh just there's not a whole lot of fun little notes about namira because namira is so mysterious it doesn't really show up too much in the series directly but we do have a voice actor the uh and this one's interesting this one's a little bit different than some of the others the actress mozan marno i don't know if i pronounced the name right mozan marno uh started back with the first the first credit on imdb is 2006 in the unit the tv show was protocol chief in the unit and has acted in many different series medium bones uh more recently the blacklist samar Novabi in the blacklist uh pan and tommy the miniseries that came out she was gail um a few other notable 
places. Uh, did some voice over stuff for some, a few different kinds of animated things like Wonder Woman Bloodlines was Dr. Cyber. But then specifically, you've got Skyrim back in 2011 was the voice of Namira and Mirabelle Irvine. Um, some other notable TV series, uh, The Mentalist, Nikki Weymouth, and House of Cars, Cards. She was Ayla Sayed. Sayed? 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 I don't know how to Sayed, say I, think. I don't know how to say words. Oh, no. Words. <sighs> yeah, words is hard. Um, but yeah, so this is primarily a TV actor who they got to do a voice in a video game. And I don't know if there's any. I'm looking through the series for like. There's one other game that I saw in here. Uh, nope, maybe not. No, nope, those are shorts. Uh, those are TV, TV, video game. Nope, that's Elder Scrolls. Oh, nope. 1979 Revolution Black Friday. That classic from 2016. Yes. The uh, one we that all, everyone played. We all remember that one. That gem. That gem. But uh, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> But yeah, this is this is rare. Normally, the uh, voice actors are known for lots of other games and often animation stuff. But this was a, it is kind of a unique situation that Namira got her voice actor. Yeah, yeah, and no ESO credits. I haven't found any ESO credits. I don't know if Namira talks directly. In I was going to say I'm trying to think of a situation you deal with Namira, but I'm not sure Namira ever speaks to you. Yet yeah, I don't think ESO. we get a voice. I don't. Right. I don't right. Think so. Um. The only other thing that I would like to make reference to, because it's too long to read, it's not copiously long, but it, it's too long to read on this episode. Um, when I feel like there's a piece of literature oh, yeah, from yeah. the series yeah, yeah. that ties in, uh, Namira has a fantastic one. And the book is called The Beggar Prince, which I would suggest looking up The Beggar Prince on, you know, wherever find it in game look it up on the uesp or go to skyrim book club and have an audio version of it read to you uh, any of <laughs> right, those right. any of those are great um, but the beggar prince is an awesome story about weedle mm -hmm. and the interesting thing about the story uh which again i suggest reading it in some form of another as opposed to us reciting the entire thing to you I love that this story even gives a background to the beggars in the games, like throughout the series, mm -hmm. because one thing that you will often get um, is if you're looking for information, oftentimes you can give money to the poor. And as a side effect, they'll give you rumors. They'll tip you off on quests. You'll actually get direction from these beggars in the various cities in the different games of Elder Scrolls, which is something that I've always thought was cool. And I did not originally know that it had a actual lore tie in to why that you know why this is a part of the game so yeah that's it's just definitely check out the beggar prince and yes weedle is actually the pokemon apparently uh, <laughs> yeah same same name yeah, uh, same name uh, um, in summary real quick weedle basically does what namira asks and is rewarded with a 
disease, <laughs> which yeah, he gets uh, the of his choice of being diseased. Right, you get to have ignored. Yeah, the affliction of whatever disease you want, as long as it has visible symptom symptoms. Here you go. Keep on begging is basically the the whole premise. Yeah, um, and the idea of just being overlooked as completely insignificant which has its benefits right right and in fact is so insignificant that even in the story we don't know if it was a man or a woman like the beginning yeah. of the story talks about like there was someone named weedle that's all we know <laughs> like we don't know very much more about them other than they were also the 13th child of a king in yeah, valenwood super 13th child right <laughs> like like yeah you're you're a child of a king but like eh, you're on the very bottom of the list right <laughs> so like r- really not a whole lot going for him <laughs> i mean i guess more than just the average person but right, yeah but still yeah the the power of disease the power of pity uh, it, those are some interesting gifts to be given but that's how uh, you know uh, oh, these are the three. I was looking for them exactly. It's the she <laughs> Weedle is given the power of disease, the power of pity, and the power of disregard. Now, how is nice. that for a selling nice. point? Get ignored. Yep. You get some pity and then ignored. So, well, that's the mirror for you. And uh, I think that wraps up this week's episode. We'll be back next week with another Daedric Prince. Um, we uh yeah i don't know that we'll be we we're doing a little side project thing for QuakeCon, so yes that's the thing that we're going to be doing in the works i don't think we'll be streaming it live but um you'll be able to see that uh next month during QuakeCon. so if you want to check out one of our fun uh game show things we're going to be doing that and um we'll have more info about that lotus you got anything else you want to share tales of tamriel no, um, so I've just been enjoying the new uh, expansion and uh, Tales of Tamriel. We're, we're trying to decide how to address all of the chaos that's currently uh, going on in the Elder Scrolls Online community with the proposed update. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of spicy changes coming, um, you know. Yeah. Whether you agree or disagree is kind of irrelevant to this. But Lots um, of debate. Uh, yes, I would. Uh, I would chime in real quick and just say, constructive criticism, wonderful. Absolutely. Acting like a man, baby, not so good. Correct. Acting like a terrible villain and threatening people, right out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. It's a video game, and these are human beings. Correct. So that's uh, my take on the whole thing. <laughs> yes, and like, that that has been a take that uh, I. I would like to see more people adopt because I have my own thoughts, which we will be going into on the show. Um, and there are definitely some concerns, but yeah, in, in general, uh, it's been very spicy with the upcoming patch on the horizon, which that aside, I'm very excited for the new dungeons that are also coming. And in the meantime, I've just been really enjoying playing high aisle. Um, it does seem like, I, I believe I had mentioned it on this show where I had run into quite a few technical difficulties, despite how much I enjoyed high aisle, I was running into all sorts of technical problems. And I was like, oh, I love this so much. Why is this fighting me tooth and nail? Yeah. And yeah said, you mentioned well, that last time. It was like yeah, such was a like, bummer to try that and play patch when it lands helps yeah. for me personally. It's helped quite a bit. It's not perfect, but that's fine. It's a, it's a 
it's a functioning online game. I mean, nothing's ever. Well, it's a perfect, step in the but, right direction. Everything is just another patch. A lot of issues. Um, yeah. So hopefully, it continues in that direction because it's super super fun, and I love the new expansion. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, I've been uh, like I mentioned during the or just after the midbreak or during the mid. I don't remember when it was. We've been doing a whole long show. Uh, I've been playing Skyrim Together Reborn. Um, it's been a lot of fun having a lot of fun with that. Also uh, tried out some Elden Ring co-op with a randomizer last night. Dude, have you played Elden Ring, Lotus? Uh, Funny you say that. (laughs) I was just going to be installing it. Nice, (laughs) nice. Well, you're you're playing on PlayStation, so you won't be able to join us. But what we did was we, um, on PC, there's a co-op mod that allows you not just to summon people when you get to like certain places where you can summon a friend, you just, can all play in the world together like an open oh, world you game just run around co-op you just run around co-op Neat. and on top of that i installed a randomizer and then got gave other people like uh rob the princess played with me last night um sam n7 from uh the mass effect lore cast the three of us played together and they have the same randomizer seed as i do which means that all the items and all the enemies in the game are just mixed up so it's like you're like oh there's regular like zombies and little soldier guys here nope giant cthulhu monster in the middle of where i wouldn't expect it so it was a lot of fun um so we've been streaming that stuff and this is all part of me doing more stuff with mods and doing uh and it's kind of a big announcement we're doing a show uh, sam and i are doing a show that we are calling mod masters on the robots radio youtube channel where we talk about different mods and all the different things that you can do with all of these games that we love so go check that out especially if you're into skyrim we'll have some skyrim stuff we're testing out which mods work with skyrim together and which ones don't got a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming for that. So if you aren't already following over there, go do that. If you're not following on the Elder Scrolls Lorecast YouTube, go follow there as well, where you can see our beautiful faces in each of these episodes. And uh, I think that's about it for this week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Stay safe out there. See you later. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time